Welcome to the Family Room Podcast. So glad you've joined us. I have to be honest, Blake Price, his shadow just looms so large from the episode that we recorded. I just didn't think anybody could follow that up last week. And so that's why I didn't post an episode last Wednesday. But we are back. We are better than ever. You have something to be thankful for because you have this tremendous episode with Matt Duras, truly one of my favorite people. Has been an awesome friend all these years. We were great friends in high school. We were college roommates. We did so much life together. We stood each other's weddings. And, uh, you know, now, even though we're married and we each have a baby boy, we live, I don't know, 40 yards from each other. We are basically next door neighbors, and it is a huge blessing, which is something that we get into on this podcast episode, as well as a very fun game at the end. So here's the episode with Matt Duras right now. Matt Duras, he's in the family room. We should have been doing this one face to face, I think, but with baby sleeping, it just makes it easier. Even though we're like, you know, 50 yards apart, we got to talk via FaceTime. It's, it's, we're, we're, uh, we're used to the, the screen meetings these days, you know, it's, it's the normal, one normal thing. You know, I got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't do any notes for this one because I kind of feel like since we've known each other for, well, we've been, we've been close friends for like 15 years and we've been in the same classes since like kindergarten. I feel like if we can't go through 20 minutes together, we just, we just might need to quit our friendship. All right, well, no pressure, you know, but uh, hopefully we can talk for 20 minutes. There's a, there's a, there's just a lot of history. It's, you know, where do you want to take it? All right, I won't do that to you. I'm still going to lead it. But uh, I, I, do, I do want you to tell the story because most people probably know that we're college roommates. But I think it's a, it's a great story. You were the one that actually met Casey freshman year when we were moving into Blake Hall on LSU's campus. What do you remember about that day? It's crazy. It's just a little bit past 10 years, uh, you know, August 2011, you know, Andrew and I were freshmen, you know, rooming together, came here from Mandeville, had a few friends, but, you know, we're looking to get involved in church and, you know, it's moving day. It's, it's of course, hot as ever. And, you know, there's this guy that looks like he's pretty strong. So I had a fridge to get carried up. So he, he volunteered to carry it up for me. And, you know, the elevators were always broken on moving day. So he, he brought it up to our or uh, third floor, second floor, whatever it was. And um, yeah, so I met him. He, he just told, invited me to, said he, you know, invited me to come to Frisbee and, you know, said he worked on campus and I told Andrew to come out. And, you know, little did we know that this guy we met 10 years ago now, you know, we've been part of this church and ministry. I worked with the ministry and, you know, just so grateful for that, that moment. The thing that's funny is I don't remember, I don't remember meeting him. I might've saw him on moving day. But I remember after we got everything into the room, I think we had like gone to get lunch with our families. And then I remember coming back and you're like, hey, I'm going to go play ultimate Frisbee. And it's kind of one of those, those great things of college where you just have so much time. You know, this is like one of Casey. This is like a Caseyism, but you just have so much expendable time. It's like, there's just so much freedom. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to go play ultimate Frisbee. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. 
And I, anyway, I remember you saying, I'm going to play ultimate Frisbee. And then you came back like four hours later and you're like, yeah, I played ultimate Frisbee with these guys. And then we went to Ingus. Yeah. Was it Ingus? Yeah. <laughs> and yep. and they were telling me about this thing where they go for 10 weeks on a, on a project to Tampa, Florida. Do you remember this? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was with, it was with uh, Tom Holstein and Jared Stevenson and one of the other staff guys. And we went to Inga's and they had just, Jared and Tom just got back from Tampa project. And I was thinking like, I was like, I would never go spend 10 weeks in Tampa or yeah. something like that. And then, you know, little Don know that'll be like the next 10 years of my life. Yeah. Really? You went to Tampa. How many years did you go? I don't know. I guess it's from 2011 to, to, you know, 20, 20 or 2019, whatever, you know, before COVID, shut it down. We, we were in Thailand one summer, but I still flew to Tampa. See, so it was every, every summer from, from 2011 through, through 2019 it was, it was in Tampa. That really is amazing. And I don't know, 2012, yeah. I don't know if you remember this either. I've told people this before, but so I, I'm rehashing a little bit. We were studying the Bible with Casey and a couple other guys in our dorm room for a few months. And I, I remember the day he showed us, it was like mid November. He showed us this, uh, video talking about a new year's conference and at the end of the video campus outreach that was the title on the screen and i remember asking right after that what is campus outreach like we didn't even i didn't even know who would you know who or what campus outreach was and then it kind of clicked i was like oh maybe that's why like this guy is to me he was just studying the bible with us and i was learning so much i was like this is awesome yeah, I mean, because back then there was no weekly meetings, you know. Yeah. We didn't start that until our sophomore year, so it was just That's true. our Bible study. And, we, you know, we prayed at, at Bradley's, you know, upper room there. We didn't, we yeah. didn't even meet Bradley, but we would go there and pray once a week. So, you know, neat, neat to see what God's done now. Yeah. Well, and the best part was after we went to New Year's Conference and we started going to Christ Covenant and, you know, learning what campus outreach was, which really is just, yeah, trying to faithfully walk with the Lord— Casey bribed us. I don't know if he bribed you. You were you were like a Navy SEAL getting up in the mornings. But he was like, come to campus prayer. It's going to be at 7 or 7.30. And I think it might have it might have been like 7.30. And I, I remember complaining so hard. I was like, this is so early. This is way too early. He's like, I will bring you McDonald's biscuits, and I'll pick you up if you will come to campus prayer at 7.30. And so I remember sitting in the back of that truck that he still drives, eating that McDonald's biscuit with grape jelly. Yeah, and literally like setting the alarm like eight minutes before yeah. just enough time to like wake up, you know, get dressed and go down. Well, you used to make me mad how, how like well you woke up. I, you know, you, you were like, let me turn the lights on immediately. And I'm like, no, 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 let the, let the darkness simmer for like 20 minutes. I was yeah, not a very know, good roommate. I, I was pretty passive aggressive, I think. It's not true. You you were a great roommate, but yeah, I'm definitely a morning person. But you know, Rachel's not a morning person. But yes, and, and nothing's changed there. So, who's who's Rachel? I'm just kidding. That's your new roommate. Your your that's right. Wonderful bride. I'm being so right. cryptic. She, she's, she's the best roommate. She is, yeah, that's true. I I understand that. Uh, uh, all right. I want to talk a little bit about how your brother and sister are both veterinarians. And you don't even, you're not a veterinarian and you also don't have a dog or a cat or any animal. What went wrong? It's true. You know, I mean, 
Yes, my brother and his wife are both vets, and they have four dogs and three cats and three kids. They got a, a full house, and my sister's a vet as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it was funny, like, really, Adam was the only vet. No one else was a vet, and then Catherine was pre-med. She got into med school, and then she decided – Adam convinced her to be a vet. So it wasn't like they were both pre-vet all along. I mean, she, like – you know, I was on my career, you know, in my major halfway through college when she switched. So I didn't have time to, to you know, change and, and go to the cool side. But just kidding. No, I mean, it's great they do that. You know, I, I had a different calling for my life. But um, and then part of that calling was, you know, being on that many camera projects, pets were not yeah. the best idea to get when you're gone every every summer. That's true. That's true. Because you had to cut my grass while I was gone. If you had to watch my dog, you know, there would have been a lot. Yeah, that have been the deal breaker. <laughs> We might have, we might have, you know, unfriended and just been neighbors at that point. We just waved to each other. Uh, I remember in college really praying for Adam and Catherine and praying together and you were constantly praying for them. And anyway, I just think it's so cool to see how, um, they weren't believers. At least we thought you take the story away, but yeah, I mean, just how that, they're just faithfully walking with the Lord now. And obviously a lot of people know Catherine because she was a part of our church for a while before she uh, moved to North Carolina. But how neat was that for you to see, you know, you're continuing to walk with them now, of course, but just how neat is that for you? You know, it's so, I mean, they're, they're both, I look up to them in so many ways. They're so encouraging. And yeah, I mean, Catherine's story was, it was neat kind of to fast, you know, to go back to before got involved in CO for the year and, praying for her at my first Tampa project. And then Laura Jo had just come on staff spring of our freshman year and was on project that summer. And she met uh, Catherine that, that fall and Catherine ended up getting involved with campus outreach. And, and uh, you know, she, we grew up in church and she, she knew Christ is the way, but hadn't really committed her life, you know, and, and, you know, her senior year uh, in college is when really like her whole life was like fully sold out for the Lord. And, really had a New Year's conference and, and she hadn't looked back since. So that's been incredible. And she's in a faithful church in Charlotte. And then, yeah, my brother, you know, he, he kind of same thing, like new, you know, definitely wasn't, was definitely, you know, for Christianity and God, but his life wasn't, you know, committed fully. And he read through the whole Bible, you know, I've been praying for him and talking to him. He read through the whole Bible one year, just kind of out of nowhere and just that changed everything. And so he, mm. you know, now him and his wife and kids are in church and serving God and was, so excited. I went on staff with campus outreach and was rooting for me the whole way. So just very blessed. You know? Yeah. And I remember those times you'd be like outside the dorm room or not the the, the room, the, the actual dorm itself, just walking around talking to like Adam on the phone. And it's just so neat to see. Yeah. Like you said, three kids, wife walking with the Lord. Um, you mentioned earlier having a different calling than being a, a, a veterinarian than, uh, than your siblings. Tell me about why you chose to do psychology in college. And was that tough? Uh, do you wish you had done something different? And then we'll get into sort of, I mean, your, your vision of, you know, where you want to go. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, a lot of my testimony was, you know, my, my dad, you know, I was born in New Jersey. My dad took a transfer down to New Orleans when I was just really young. And then a couple of years later, he just left our family and remarried someone from work. So after that, he ended up, his life spiraled and he was dealt with alcohol addiction. And I'm in, in fifth grade, you know, we got two DUIs, he's in rehab and I'm visiting him in rehab and 
just saying what went wrong. His life was amazing. And that, that was really like the start of me following hard after Christ. But then also as I started growing the Lord, I wanted to, I said, man, I want to help people like him, you know, yeah, especially through Christ. But also I saw a lot of the things that he was maybe taught in secular psychology that wasn't, you know, exactly biblical that I wanted to help people from a Christian perspective. And so what, was it tough? I mean, it was definitely interesting, you know, learning psychology and, and figuring out, all right, this is really true. And uh, I disagree with that. But actually my freshman year, like Blake Price got me connected with like CCEF and I started reading their stuff in college. And that was helpful to have that biblical mm. counseling narrative alongside my classes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've heard Bradley say before, he, he had actually used psychology as an example. That's probably why it sticks out to me. But he's like, you know, a regular psychologist, of course, can diagnose the problem as well as a Christian can or, or could, you know, or even better. But how you come at that problem from a counseling perspective is like two different worlds. Has that been um, – what has that journey been like for you as you've gone to seminary and as you're, you're – still sort of like in the beginning stages, you know, career wise of like what you want to ultimately do. Yeah. I was so grateful to get my counseling training through a seminary. Uh, just, you know, it was kind of like a restart and refresh in a way to, you know, start from the beginning and just say, all right, like, you know, let's really start with the foundation of the word and then build up. And so I love it. That's why I love it so much is because it's, it is such a challenge to figure out like what, how do you counsel biblically, because the world is not totally wrong. They have some things right, hmm. but a lot of things are wrong. And so doing that, that work of discerning is, is tough, you know? Yeah. Have you thought a lot about, like, we have the JP Moreland guy coming to speak, you know, loving God with all of your mind. Like, just having to really, like, think and consider, like, you know, through people and think through people's issues with them and as you're helping them. I don't know. I, I, it, it sounds whatever. Not like I, I'm, I'm rambling a bit. Not like uh, people in other careers are not using their mind, but it's just it seems so heavy. I mean, the hard thing about counseling, like you said, number one is like that it can be gray sometimes. And then number two, like you said, it's so important. Like if you mess it up, it's like, but the good part is like through my counseling, you know, I've, I've had like a supervisor you know, through it all, because I'm just finishing up some Christian counseling certifications. And so I've got a, you know, a guy that's, you know, raised his 10 kids been counseling for a very long time. And I'm sending them my reports of what I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just sending, you know, bouncing ideas off of him. And I can, if I have a problem, he, you know, he can um, help me. So that's, that's just good learning from, from others. Yeah. So, yeah. Without that, then yeah, it would be very hard. Do you, do you have a sort of dream as far as what you want to do um, as a Christian counselor? Is there anything that you get? All right, I cut you off. Go ahead. You, 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 I mean, I, you know, right now I vocationally work in academic counseling and it's a yeah. blessing because I could do biblical counseling at church just as a ministry as I grow and develop and not so much pressure on it to be full time. But, I mean, you know, whether it's, it's full time or, or not, you know, my goal is to serve the local church and our church or whatever local church I'm in and really, you know, help people, like I said, help people like my, my dad and others that um, are having a hard time figuring out, you know, when life's really hard and they can't figure out how to respond to it, opening up the word with them. And I love, uh, 
you know, the, the book Instruments in a Redeemer's Hand by Paul David Tripp, you know, his subtitle is People in Need of Change, Helping People in Need of Change. Hmm. And so it's just pretty cool. You know, it's like, I haven't arrived, but I know the word of God is sufficient and using the word and what God says to to say, look, this is what I'm trying to believe and, and I'm hoping you believe it too. You know? hmm. That's a really good perspective. I'm curious, of course, I, I was walking there alongside with you all throughout your time in seminary, but as you look back with seminary, did you ever feel like you were you became numb to um, not numb, but just so much reading? Was it, I guess did did it uh, not meet your expectations? <laughs> That's a bad question. But how did it? Um, I don't know. How how did your perception change once you were once you were doing it? <laughs> I, I loved my seminary classes. Yeah, it was like a ridiculous amount of reading. I mean, you're like just reading reading a book a week easy. So That's crazy. yeah, it was a lot of reading, <laughs> but you know, the thing is you're just surviving and I'm, so I wasn't numb. It's more just like, you're like, just survive. You're just like, it's like you're in a football game. And you're just like trying to just get the next play. Like you're just trying yeah. to read the next book and like, you're not, it's just, you're trying to get your assignment done. I'm not bitter about it, but I'm more just trying to like, Hey, I gotta get this done. I gotta read this paper. I gotta write this paper. Writing is the hard part that you really had to write. And people think, Oh, seminary, you just like do, you know, do some Bible studies. I'm like, no, like seminary is it so challenging. I'd write this like really hard paper with 20 sources and they'd like, you know, tear it apart. <laughs> so I was like, encouraged by that. But yeah. the best part is that you work so hard, you work so hard. And then when the class is over, you look back and you're like, wow, I really learned a lot. Or wow, I, I think so differently about this topic now. So it's kind of like in the moment, you're not really realizing what's going on. You're just trying to survive. And you look back and you're like, like all this stuff I know now, I'm like, geez, that was, I'm so grateful for that. You know? What, why do you think, I'd never read the book, but like how to stay Christian in seminary. Because why do you think that's even a book or a, a topic that's needed to be addressed? Right. I mean, anytime, I mean, it's, it's a classic thing you hear anytime you make your, your hobby, your, your career, you can ruin it. You know, it's yeah. not that the danger for, you know, it's like if you love playing golf on the weekend with your buddies, but then you have to play golf and do well in it. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, if you enjoy reading your Bible with the Lord, but now you have to write a paper on it you know, and now you have to get the assignment done. You're like, Oh, I need a rest on Saturday to get away from my, you know, yeah, yeah. work. Now I didn't do the full master of divinity. So my, my degree didn't have Greek and Hebrew. So maybe you can ask, you know, yeah. Josh or Sean Bradley about that one, you know, <laughs> uh, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, I, we might've hinted at it, but I mean, I said it at the beginning, we live not next door, but next, next door. We have a house in between us. Um, just how special has that been to live next to me? You know, well, especially Mags, Davis, and Lauren are great. You're, you're good as well. You know, but no, it's. I mean, tell me, tell me, living in community, it's just you know God's God's grace. And we, you know, we had Eric and Julie Campos until I still look over there because they just moved away from across the street one week ago, and I'm still in shock. But you know, I think Rachel and I have now said like whatever we do, we just want to live by somebody we know because just you know the proximity is living with, you know alongside someone because we can be now it's just we're always so busy so it's nice to have someone that's in the church family close you know and i hope hope many more come to pelican lakes you know yeah i know blake actually said that on the last podcast like it's a it's such a blessing to know your neighbors and if we were talking more from a um you know getting to know your non-christian neighbors but um but yeah it, is, it has been a huge blessing to lauren and i it's funny that y'all say that 
I don't think we've ever actually explicitly discussed it, but we say the exact same thing. We're just, I, I feel like a, you know, a, a month, I won't say a day or a week. I don't want to do too much hyperbole, but a month doesn't go by where we don't just recount like the blessings of living next to you guys and Eric and Julie when we still love them. Um, not anymore, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just unique. You know, it, it really is like the essence of what we talk about as a church. Um, living life together, you know, it's, it's bigger than just, you know, you and me being basically neighbors, but, uh, but just to, there's, there's like, I guess my point is like those everyday conversations, you know, it's, it's the, it's like the Deuteronomy passage, you know, it's when you're walking down the road, you know, whether you're, whether you're in your house, you're, you're discussing the things of the Lord, you know, like we've been able to do that in such a unique way. I just, I'm just thankful. And we didn't, we didn't necessarily plan it, I guess is right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the Lord uh, providentially knew that we were roommates freshman year, and this is about as close as we'll ever be to, to living uh, as roommates again. That's right. Second chance to, you know, be a better morning person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Davis will do that. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't – I don't think it was by choice. Um. You, uh, I'm going to give you a chance here to, to boast about yourself, but you, you really do have a servant's heart, uh, which can sound trite to say, but you are so willing to always share of your time, your money, your things. Um, that's been a blessing to me. I mean, just functionally as a neighbor, it's like, how many things do I just go over and borrow from you? But, but you're never reluctant about it. You want me to use it. Uh, so that's just my perspective, but so many people have said this, my, my, the, so my question or, or is where does that conviction come from? Or, or, you know, is that something that, um, you realize like God has really gifted you in that way? So it's, it's funny. I think like sometimes our biggest gifting is also on the backside, you know, our, our biggest weaknesses as well. And so, you know, I'd say, you know, for me, like the weakness, I'll start with the weakness side would be the people pleasing. It's like, oh, I just want, I'll do whatever, you know, people want. So then they'll, you know, they'll like me. But on the front side of that is like, obviously there's the gifting there of, you know, I want to just, I want to make people happy. You know, I yeah. want people to be, I just, I want to sacrifice, make people happy. So I have to just watch myself to say, all right, is my heart here to make them happy? Or is it, yeah. I want them to be happy so they like me. And so anyway, you know, not to downplay, but I think, you know, there's definitely a, a blessing there and a gifting and also I think a danger as well, just to watch the motivation, you know, I was just, I was just serving it up on a platter for you to say, I'm just such a servant. Rachel knows it. My neighbors know it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't ask Rachel. <laughs> All right. We're going to skip the speed round because I have a, a different game to finish uh, our podcast. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> You're not ready. Okay. You really are. You're the analogy king. You, even as, I, as we've been talking, you've hit a couple analogies, like the thing about golf, uh, you know, the plan, going to seminary, turning your hobby of golf into trying to play full time. This is right in line with what I'm thinking. You've always come up with the best analogies. So what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you a common object and then you're going to relate it to the gospel or some uh, spiritual principle. So for example... I would say bread and you would say Jesus is the bread of life or 
I, I might say, right. I might say mirror. And you say, you know, sometimes we need to hold the mirror up to ourselves so we can see our sin. How do you feel? I'm down. I mean, that sounds good. I'll, I'll try to just <laughs> steal all of Jesus's analogies or, or borrow them because you know, that's my plan. I can tell you that some of these I picked are in the Bible, but some of these, they're going to get progressively more difficult. So I, I really, I'm excited to see how you, you really relate it and bring it home to the gospel. I think people are going to be impressed. All right. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> All right. Here's a, here's a layup to begin. Tree. Tree. All right. Well, you know, the first thing I think of just is the roots of the tree. And in Jeremiah, you know, are you rooted, um, you know, in good soil, or the bad soil, you know? Okay. The sun. S U N. The sun. All right. Well, I mean, in counseling, we always talk about how the sun is your trials. So they're going to come no matter what. So you need to not focus on how hot the sun is, but once again, back to the tree, what your plan is. It's <laughs> amazing. This is so good. You better relate every single one of these and weave and weave them all together in every answer. I do. Uh, a highlighter. Highlighter. Well, the only thing I can think of is Bible highlighter, you know, those cool ones where they don't bleed through the page, you know? Um, so that's, that's, what, that's what comes to my mind is, you know, using those, to highlight your favorite verse, a car manual. Oh, that's that's too much of a of a layup. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you look to the car manual to figure out what's wrong. And I love this one because counseling has a lot to say. The Bible has so much to say about counseling; it's ridiculous, it's amazing. And uh, same way, you know, open it up. Eyeglasses. Eyeglasses. I, I mean. Eyeglasses. I think of. I'm just gonna steal people's books. You know, David Powelson. Yeah. Seeing with new new eyes. Uh, a book plug, for a counseling book. But yeah, I mean, obviously, sometimes we can't see the lens we're looking through of life, so we may need a friend to tell us what our lens is because we can't see it. <laughs> All right, a stamp. A stamp. I'm, I'm not going to go with the letter stamp because nothing comes to mind, but maybe like the stamp of approval, you know, okay. like, yeah. like a seal, like, yep. you know, this, we're, we're sealed by the spirit. A school bus. All right. Now this is, this is getting unfair. <laughs> I, I, I'm playing your game. The, the school bus, you know, you ride in the school bus and if you're on a bus, you could use that for evangelism. I'm glad you're enjoying this. <laughs> so good. Uh, people have probably turned this off because um, of me. All right, chewing gum. Chewing gum. All right. Uh, how do we relate it to the gospel? Obviously, it's something you do continuously, and so maybe that's like the yeah, like Casey's, you know, Casey's meditation, you know, chewing on the word, like the cow couches yeah. in the grass, you know. <laughs> I almost did fire hose for Casey. Like you're drinking water out of a fire hose. But uh, that had been a layup. All right. <clears throat> a few more. Uh, wallet. Wallet. Okay. I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about money. Um, so that's, that's definitely true, you know. Uh, and so, you know, as I think about a wallet, I just think about, you know, the, the danger of money, but also the 
the blessing it can be, you know, so not, not letting your wallet define you, but, you know, using that for, <laughs> so good. for God's glory. It's so good. All right, umbrella. Umbrella. Protects you from the rain, you know, so... Maybe if Paul had an umbrella, that would have been, you know, one of his, his analogies he used, you know. Yeah. We have the shield of truth. That's true. He uses as his analogy, so, you know, we don't do as much fighting anymore. But we have the umbrella that protects us from the fiery rain of the evil one, you know. This is so good. I, I, I feel like people, now they know us. It might come like I'm mocking you. This is brilliant. You, I'm telling you, you are the analogy king. He's smiling right now. He knows. Do you want to do the last four? Or are you done? It's your call. <laughs> All right, we got to do it. Because these get really good. Painkiller. Painkiller. You know, I think about, you know, I think kind of the opposite. Like a lot of times we want to take painkillers, right? Like, you know, Christianity, we want it to be easy. But sometimes, you know, there's a delayed painkiller. Like you have to go through challenges and pain until till heaven comes, you know? Passport. Passport to heaven, you know? All right, two more. Do you have one? Do you have, do you have, <laughs> do you have one? <laughs> two more. Saxophone. Saxophone. I can't think of my dad. My dad was an incredible saxophone player. Um, so I love the saxophone, you know? Andrew yep. knows that I'm a Kenny G fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, music is, is a gift from God. I know Jonathan talked about music on his podcast and I love music as well. It's such a gift to praise God with, you know? All right. If you can do this one, I'm, I'm going to be actually impressed. Last one, cigarette. Cigarette. <laughs> I can't find the way a cigarette relates to the gospel. You would have to be the opposite <laughs> thing. That if if, if you're him. still, you know, no one's confused about whether it's bad for you. It's, it really is a addiction people struggle with. And so I think it's kind of, you know, that's how a lot of sin is, you know, the antidote yeah. of it's people know what's right and what's wrong. I mean, Paul, Paul says in Galatians five, like the works of the flesh are obvious, like evident, you know, it's not a, a lie of what's right and wrong. It's, it's just our hearts that we, we love, love sin too much. You know, <laughs> It's brilliant. This came about in my head, like, six months ago and I, and I put it in my phone. I was like, I'm going to do this whenever Matt comes on the podcast because last story and then we'll be done when we were in high school and I had like just become a Christian and you had pretty much just become a Christian too. We might've done some heretical, uh, preaching because we, we used to be in somebody's living room and we would open up the, we would have the Bible closed and somebody would have to go in front of like, you know, us and three other friends and you'd open the Bible to a random place, throw your finger down and, uh, and then you'd have to preach like a mini sermon based off the, the Bible verse that you got. So I don't think we respected the context. That's, that's what you went to seminary for to know how to not do that. <laughs> like you said, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would not want to go back and listen to what I would say. It would be, it would be, my ears would be screaming. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Lord is gracious, truly. Try it. Matt, you're a trooper. Thanks for doing this and for uh, putting up with my games. I know people enjoyed enjoyed, uh, enjoyed listening to you. So thanks for coming on The Family Room. 
yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy listening to other stories, and I'm, I'm, I was glad to share mine as well. You're the man. All right, don't be too loud as neighbors, because I know where you live. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. I hope and I pray that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. There is much to be thankful for. And I am appreciative and truly thankful that you listen to this podcast, that you've reached out and encouraged me, and that has been a huge blessing in my life. And I truly am thankful to the Lord for it. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And the family room will be back next week. All right. Lights are going out. <laughs>